Hi, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, so this is actually a double up week. Um, I will be at a preacher's meeting on Monday, so I don't think I'll have time to record. So I wanted to do an extra one today. So this will kind of be the early podcast for next week and then maybe we'll have another one but we'll see um, but i wanted to double up this week so that's what we're going to do all right so uh the topic for today um we're going to entitle this one uh the image of a christian man the image of a christian man um, and i think this can be beneficial for our young guys out there um, and this could also be beneficial for uh, our young ladies out there as well um, for the guys, it can it can help us to become better men if we aren't this now. Um, but then also for our young ladies to see what they can be looking for uh, in the type of young man for them. So I think it can be beneficial both ways. All right. So the image of a of a Christian man. So, you know, if you kind of just go on YouTube or quite frankly, if you go on, you know, TikTok or wherever, you know, you'll always see like advice about especially for guys, what type of guy you need to be. And so there's there's so much information out here now of what type of man you need to be for yourself and then what type of man you need to be to attract someone to you or what type of man you need to be just as a man in general. There's a lot of information floating around about that stuff today. Um, so, you know, the crazy thing is, well, some say you just need to be who you are and live for yourself. So some people kind of have that nomad personality where, you know, just live to yourself and just do everything for you. But then you have you have red pill alphas who believe that, uh, you know, everything is about leveling up your money, leveling up your body, uh, you know, making yourself the prize and, and seeing yourself that way in, a, in an arrogant manner. And then everything will just come to you. And so if it doesn't come to you, then it's not for you. Right. So you could be a red pill alpha type of guy. Um, so based on so, you know, what we want to do is we want to look at scripture. And we want to see what type of men that we need to be, you know, I think because we have so much information floating around, uh, so many people look at all these things of what they should be. Um, but remember, the first reference that we should be going to um, is definitely the scripture. Right. That should always be our first reference. All right. And so what we're going to do is we're going to break this down a little bit differently. And so we'll have like a main point, but then we'll have some sub points underneath this. So we're going to look at the image of a Christian man, but we're going to break it down by attitude, by character, um, and then also by demeanor. So by attitude, by character and demeanor, and then we'll have some sub things underneath each one of those. All right. So let's look at the first one here. So the image of a christian man number one this guy uh he needs to understand how to follow as a man you need to understand how to follow well you know a lot of times uh you know we, especially when you talk about those red pill alphas you know it, it, it's very uh it's very self-reliant so you just focus on your skills you focus on you and everything will come to you but most times, you know, today, many men see themselves as like the undisputed leader, like I'm the undisputed. So a lot of times, even in the church, 
we'll go to Ephesians chapter 5. So really quick, let's turn there. So again, if you're new to the podcast, we love to open up our Bibles here uh, so we can check and and do all this and learn and study. And it's such a great time that we have as we study the scripture. All right. So Ephesians chapter 5. Um, so as you know, verse 23, so notice what the text says here for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. So even some Christian men can sometimes use this verse and be like, well, the Lord made us leaders, which he did, of course. And so most times they see themselves as the undisputed leader in the first verse. We'll go to Ephesians chapter five, verse 23, but little do we know, sometimes you got to keep reading. So in order to be a great man, the first attitude that we have to have is we have to understand how to be great followers first. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we studied this in our summer series here last night. But notice what the text says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God so as men are we leaders of our household absolutely as men are we leaders of the church absolutely but the question becomes who's above us God's above us and so we have to remember In order to be a great man, you got to be a great follower. So we have to remember, yes, we we may have people underneath us, but we also have somebody that we continuously follow as well. And so you got to be a great follower first. Here's the second attitude. So not only does that man need to understand um, how to follow, but two, this man needs to be focused on spiritual things. This man needs to be focused on spiritual things. Look at look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I want to notice verse number 8. And I want to notice what Paul mentions here. Paul, as, as he's writing to Timothy, he says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and that now which is to come. So is Paul saying here that fitness and keeping your body well is not important? He's not saying that. So fitness is important for health. But notice what Paul said your focus should be on. This man's focus should be on the fitness of the spiritual man. See, how many how many guys do you know in the church and outside that, that love fitness? I mean, just absolutely adore it. I mean, you sacrifice your time. You sacrifice what you eat. You sacrifice all this other stuff. You you have, you know, 15 trillion workout regimens. You got all this stuff going on, right? Which is great. It's fine to have that. But think about everything that you do physically for your body. You diet, you work out, and you sacrifice so you can look good or you can feel good. But the question becomes, as a man, why would we be so focused on the outer instead of on the inner? Because remember in Psalms, what did he say? What did God say that we are? We're but dust. So the question becomes, do you care more about the dust or do you care more about the inner man? So is it okay to work out and do all that stuff? Oh yeah, of course. But what good would it be to work out and then your inner man is weak? So 
So when you work out, you always focus on the weaknesses of your body. So if you're not good upper body, then you focus on upper body workouts. If you're not good at lower body, you focus on lower body workouts. So as you evaluate your physical body, as a man, guess what we have to evaluate too? We got to evaluate the inner man. And so here's the trap. So just for a quick message to our, our young ladies here, here's a trap that I've seen so many ladies fall into. And later on, once they're married and it's too late, then they wish they would have listened. But here's the trap. Many, many ladies, they fall for the fitness Captain America type. And is there, is there anything wrong with looking like that? No, I mean, most guys wish they did, they did look like that. But many fall for the fitness Captain America type, you know, physically. But as they get to know that guy and then they marry that guy and they have kids with that guy, then they realize that Captain America they married on the outside is really weak on the inside spiritually. So he's a child. And so, so many women have regretted doing that because now it hurts their children. Now it hurts their family. Now she doesn't have the spiritual man and guidance that she needs. Here's an example. There's a, um, there's a family that I know and um, the mother came asking for advice and uh, in tears, she came up and she said, I wish that I had a man in the household. And I was like, well, wait a second. I mean, there, there is a guy, but she said, no, I wish I had a man though. See, she married him based off of how she made, how he made her feel or how he looked at the time. But now they got, you know, these kids and things going on in the house. Now, the one thing she wishes she had is male leadership in the house. And so that's the thing. Sometimes you might not even think that's what you need, but that's what all of you need, that leadership in the home. And that's what the male is there for. But as guys, we have to prepare for that. So number one, our attitudes, we need to be great followers. Then number two, we need to be focused on the on working out spiritually rather than focusing so much on how we look on the outside. So then number three, here's a, here's a third attitude that a, a uh, an image of a Christian man should have. Not only should he, be, should he be a good follower, not only should he be focused on spiritual things, First Timothy 4, but this man must have vision. As a man, guys that are listening, as a man, you have to have some vision and you have to have some ambition about yourself. And so I understand that, you know, as you grow up, you might not know exactly what you want to do. As you grow up, you don't know, you know, certain things, but a man must have ambition of what he wants to become, even if he's not that thing he wants to become yet. Does that make sense? You must have ambition of what you want to become, even if you're not what you want to become yet. You know, I saw an interview yesterday of a guy um, who changed his life around and he's sitting there next to uh, next to the girl that he met you know, years ago. And they're sitting there talking. And he mentioned, he said, I remember as we're sitting down talking, he said, I remember I didn't have much money to my name a couple years ago. He said, I remember I wasn't where I am now. But he said, the one thing I remember, he said, I remember talking to you about my visions of what I wanted to become of what I am today. 
And then she mentioned to him, that's the reason why I stuck with you. Not because you didn't have anything then, was because you knew where you wanted to go. As men, we got to have some vision about us. And especially, and I'm talking about spiritually here. So as a man, what do you want? Do you want to be a great father? Do you want to be a great husband? Do you want to be a great leader in the church? You have to have some vision and put some work and sweat behind that vision. Look at this. Look at Nehemiah chapter 2. This is really good here. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 2. And I want to notice, I believe it's verse number 12. Let me make sure that's the right text here. But this is such, we just had a study um, on Nehemiah a couple weeks ago. It was such a great study. But notice what happens here uh, in the book of Nehemiah. So uh, chapter 2, starting verse 12, and then we'll jump down to verse 18. So remember, Nehemiah, he goes to rebuild the walls. And so as he's going to rebuild the walls, notice what happens here in verse 12. And I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. Neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. So Nehemiah at that time didn't tell anybody else about what was going on. Didn't tell anybody else about his vision. Here's something as guys, just a quick tidbit. Sometimes with your vision and your ambition of what you want to be and who you want to become, be careful who you tell that to. Be very careful who you tell your ambitions to. So sometimes, you know, sometimes I have to be a little bit vague with people. So what do you want to become in the future? What do you want to do? What do you want to, I might tell them a general idea, but I won't tell them my vision for the idea because you got to, you have to be around people who support what you want to be, even if you're not that yet spiritually. So what, it, what at Nehemiah, what was the vision? My vision is to rebuild the walls. But Nehemiah, as you continue to study the book, there were people that were against that vision. And so now notice, as, as that man had vision, notice what happened in verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that he spoke unto me. And notice what those men who Nehemiah told the vision to said. And they said, let us rise up and let's build. And the strength of their hands was to this good work. Sometimes with your vision, you got to keep it to yourself and you got to keep it to a couple good men and maybe a couple good women that you know and just build. And here's the thing about vision, guys. It's great to have a vision and it's great to have ambition, but it's one thing to have it and to say it, but it's a whole nother ball game to have it, to say it, and to do it. As a man, you have to have it, you have to say it, and you got to do it. You got to put in the work. So have some vision. And so, you know, as a man, you got to think about what's your spiritual goals. Ladies, you know, these are the type of questions that you need to ask the guys when you're getting to know them. What are your, what are your spiritual goals? What do you want to be? Where are you trying to go? What, what type of guy are you now? These are the type of things we need to ask ourselves. And so the attitude of a Christian man, he has to understand how to follow. Two, the Christian man must be focused on spiritual things. And then number three, he has to have some vision about himself. So that's the attitude portion. And there's many more we can put there, but that's the attitude portion of what a Christian man should be. 
Then let's look at number two. Not only did we look at his attitude, but then number two, let's look at the man's character. So as we, as we noticed, we looked at his attitude, but now what is his character? What's the type of guy I need to be or be looking for? Number one, the man must be faithful. He must be faithful. Look at Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. And I want you to notice verse number six and seven. I know we studied this before, but it's always good to go back and see these again. And Proverbs chapter 20, verses six and seven, the text says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. So guess what this text tells us? That this man that is faithful, he can't be found everywhere. He can't be found everywhere. And so notice, when you see a faithful man, or when you're trying to be a faithful man, fellas, understand that he's not normal. Understand that he should stand out. Why? Because he's faithful. So a man must be faithful. Now let's let's break down this for a second. A lot of times in the church, and I've heard this before, and it's it's sad that we still have this mindset. You know, according to Hebrews chapter 10, right, we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So is worship and coming to worship important? Yes, shake your head this way. It's very important. But is coming to worship alone, just that, I'm talking about nothing else, just showing up and coming to worship alone, is that a sign of a man being faithful? See, we, we have to stop equating a guy that just shows up consistently as being faithful. Now, is it good that he's there? Is it beautiful that he's there? Yes. Yes, it is. But just because you're in the right place doesn't mean you're always doing the right things. So you have to be at the right place and also be doing the right stuff. That's being faithful. Faithful is not just in your attendance, but faithfulness is in your lifestyle and in your service to God. And so here's the thing as guys, and this is for everybody, but specifically since we're talking about guys here, faithfulness takes some hard work and it takes some dedication to be faithful. It takes dedication. We just, we just had a study yesterday um, with Aaron Baker. Great, great study in Philippians. Uh, I believe it was Philippians chapter one, where Paul mentioned that he was in chains. And Paul mentioned uh, how they should be getting back to work and they should be evangelizing and, and doing all these things that he wrote before. And Aaron mentioned that Paul never let his circumstance stop him from being faithful. He said Paul was literally chained and he said he didn't let his circumstance stop him from being faithful. So the question to you and I is what's going to stop us from being faithful? Faithfulness takes hard work. So what happens if you have a long day and then you have worship? Are you going to come? What happens if there's if there's you know time to study, but you don't want to come? Are you going to come? See, faithfulness takes hard work and dedication. And so as a man, you should be showing those signs of not just coming, being faithful, but in your lifestyle faithful. So then number two, not only is this man faithful, but number two, in his character, he should be a man. He should be a man. Now, let's let's break this down for a second. Uh, even in the church, 
and in the world, uh, the definition of a man is very skewed today. And so many people believe that a man is someone who does stuff well solo. Y'all feel, you see what I'm saying? Many believe our young ladies and our young men, they believe that the definition of a man is someone who does everything solo. So he's sufficient without his parents. He's a man. He has money by himself. He's a man. He looks good. He's a man. He can take care of me and he can take care of all that other stuff. So he's a man. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So let's break this down. Is a man to leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife? Absolutely. Is a man to protect and provide for his wife and his family? Absolutely. But just because a man is sufficient on his own does not mean that he is a man. Just because a man is sufficient on his own doesn't mean he's a man. Well, Jordan, how can you say that? Well, you know, you see all these cases of these young ladies marrying these guys that left their parents, marrying these guys that had money, marrying these guys that looked good, that could that could take care of her, and he was faithful in, in his attendance. But now, why do they have all these problems? Because guess what the man wasn't? He wasn't faithful. So just because he can do all those things doesn't mean he's a man. Here's the definition from scripture. Some things that how God defines what a man is. Number one, a man, he does all those things. So a man, you know, does protect, he does provide, and he leaves and cleaves. So a man does do those things. But number one, a man stands up for God. A man stands up for God. So remember with Joshua, you know, before they went to battle, you know, Joshua's on the ground renting his clothes. But what did God tell Joshua? Get up and show thyself a man. A man stands up for God. Even when it's hard, a man stands up for him. What did, what did God tell Job, right? When Job had all those questions, show thyself a man. The Lord, the Lord made men to be men and stand up for him. So a spiritual man will always stand up for God. Then number two, what else is a, what else describes what a man is? A man understands this thing. A man understands that he needs help from God. See, so many times our young ladies and even our men believe that a man is so self-sufficient. He will, he, he does things on his own. He doesn't need anybody. You know, it's it's all about being self-sufficient. That's not what a man is. A man does those things, but a man understands he can't do those things without God. That's what a man understands. And so then number three, what else defines what a man is? He guides himself and he guides his home towards God every single time. Well, what if they're poor? They're guiding to God. What if things are rough? Guiding them to God. Everything is about guiding to the Lord. That's what it is. And then number four, what else defines what a man is? He has strength, but he keeps it under control physically. And he keeps that strength under control spiritually. 
you know, that's that's a great thing. Remember with Christ, Christ was the meekest man. He was very meek. So Christ had strength, but Christ had that strength under control. That's something as as males, we need to train ourselves to do. We have to have strength under control physically and strength under control spiritually. We have to learn to control that like Jesus did. And so that's what a man is de- is defined as. He does all those things. Now, is he to provide? Yes. Is he to leave his mother and father? Yes. Is he to take care of you? Yes. But just because a man can do all those things doesn't mean that he is a faithful man. So many of our young ladies have been caught in, in guys that do that. And especially guys that do all that and guys that just show up to worship faithfully. And then they marry him. And the next thing you know, now they got kids and now you got calls and they're calling the preacher and they're calling the elders saying, I wish I had a man in the household. This is why we got to think about this stuff now. We got to think about this stuff now, not when, not on the other side of marriage. We got to think about it now. So not only did we look at the man's attitude, not only did we look at the man's character, but then number three, the image of a faithful man, let's look at his demeanor. Let's look at his demeanor. So number one, the image of a Christian man, his demeanor, he should be confident. He should be confident. You see, this man understands so many things about God. If this man is faithful, it doesn't matter if he's rich. It doesn't matter if he's poor. It doesn't matter. This man is confident in his God. And you can tell a dude, you can tell a guy that is confident in God. You can tell. His confidence, and for you young ladies, notice this, his confidence is not in you. His confidence is in God. So young ladies, this should give you more confidence in that man because he trusts God more than he trusts himself. So I I had a a young lady, uh, Anna Claire, she painted this for me when I was in Memphis and I still have it up. She painted Psalm 3723. And it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. You see, that man understands that my steps are ordered by him. So remember, going back to to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the head of every man is Christ. So if I'm following Psalm 37, 23, and the head of man is Christ, and if as the woman, the head of woman is man, If I'm ordering my steps, if God is ordering my steps, and as you follow me, that should give you more confidence in me because my steps are ordered by him. And so a man, his demeanor, and this confidence, it's not an arrogance. Like, oh, I'm going to make every decision right. Oh, I'm always going to do everything. Oh, I always have done everything right. A good man understands he's not perfect. And it's not arrogance. But a good man understands I'm confident in my God and my God is going to order my steps. And so that's a great thing. And it's a beautiful thing to follow somebody that knows where they want to go. That's confident. All right. So number one, not only is that man confident in his demeanor, but number two, that man is a servant. Notice, guys, you are a servant. Young ladies, he should be a servant. So today, you know, you go on YouTube, you go everywhere else. Today, people say a man is just someone who just levels himself up. So a man is someone who just gets all the money he can get. 
A man is someone who just focuses on just him and his career. A man is someone who just gets jacked out of their mind and tries to look like, you know, Superman. So today people say a man is someone who just focuses inwardly on just him. But a man, his demeanor should be a servant. And so note it, and this is specifically for our young ladies here. Young ladies, the way that a man that you're talking to, that you're with, or that you want to talk to, a man, the way that he serves these three things right here is the way he's going to serve you. So notice, so before we get to those three things, I want to notice his attitude. So go to Philippians chapter two, and I know we've referenced this before, but go to Philippians chapter two, and I want you to notice verse number uh Verse number seven. So again, this is talking about the mind of Christ. But notice it said, but Christ, who was a man, who was the right type of man, who is the pattern of a man, Christ made himself of no reputation, but took on him the form of a servant and made himself in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So Christ was humble, right? Christ had that type of attitude. So again, young ladies, the way that a man serves these three things is the way that he's going to serve you. So number one, the way that a man serves his family is the way he's going to serve you and your family and your future family. So if he's always joking around, if we've always got jokes, never takes anything seriously, that's how he's going to take you. If a man always, you know, he doesn't like to spend time with his family or he only spends time with his family when uh, when they call him over, you'll become a you'll become an option, too. So the way that a man treats his family is the way he's going to treat your family and your future family. Then number two. This is this is big too. A way that a man serves and treats kids is the way that he's going to treat your kids. So if he doesn't want to be around kids, if he's afraid of kids, if he can't handle kids, if if it's hard to discipline them now, you know, if it's hard to, you know, show kids some direction, give kids instruction, teach kids now, it's going to be hard for your family too. So the way that he serves and the way that he treats kids is the way that he's going to treat your kids too. Then number three, the way that that young man serves the brethren is the way that he's going to serve you. Does he look for ways to help people? Does he go out of his way to help people? Does he teach people? Does he guide people? Does he, uh, you know, is he there to edify people, to show benevolence? You know, is he there for other people? The way that he does that with them, with them is the way that he will do it to you. And so a man is not someone who focuses on himself. Now, is he to to get better and to grow in strength and knowledge and all those other things? Yes, he is. But he is not a man is never. A man will never and should never always focus on him. A man focuses on himself, but also focuses on others. It's never always about him, ever. So we looked at he should be confident. We looked at he should be a servant. And then number three, here's our last one. 
this man's demeanor should be mature. This man's demeanor should be mature. So, it, you know, a man can have fun. You know, you love to have fun. I love to have fun. You know, we're, we're going to have camp in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, I'm going to be running through the gauntlet with kids throwing water balloons at me, you know, laughing maniacally. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And so I love to have fun. You know, as guys have fun, you know, there's always something about us, you know, keep that kind of that childish thing about you to have fun, right? Because you want to do that with your wife and with kids. So it's fun to have fun. But he should also be grown up and he should also be mature. And so here's three ways that a young Christian man should be mature. Number one, he needs to be mature in his attitude. And so one one good test, guys, for yourself and ladies for, for a young man Check out his attitude when, when things don't work out. Check out his attitude when he's angry. Check out his attitude when you did something. So look at his attitude and see how he responds. Because again, the way he responds to that will be the way that he responds to you. So check out his attitude, how he responds to things. So the number two, what else can a man do to be mature? He needs to be mature in his attitude but he also needs to be mature in his conversation with you. He needs to be mature in conversation. So here's, here's, a, here's a good test that I like to do sometimes. Uh, when you're talking to somebody, bring up a Bible verse just randomly. You know, so you're just talking about something, blah, blah, blah. Hey, so, you know, I was reading, uh, I was reading Psalm chapter 37, verse 23 today. And it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. So, you know, you know, as I was reading that text, you know, um, you know, what do you think, you know, what do you think David was trying to trying to say there? You know, have you ever studied that? Have you ever read that text before or heard a sermon on it? Let's let's kind of talk about that in your conversation with a guy and guys, even in your conversation with a girl, bring up a random verse. And here's a here's a sign of of strength. See if you can hold a conversation about the Bible. For real. See if you can hold a conversation about the Bible. I'm talking about just as long as you talked about the movie that you just saw or the place that y'all just went or the food you just ate or whatever. See how long the conversation goes when you talk about the Bible. See how long it can go and see if it's like not surfacey, not just like, oh, I think it's a good verse or, oh, you know, I think David wrote that. It's a nice sentiment. Like, see if it gets deep. See if it gets deep in conversation. So a man needs to be mature in his conversation with scripture, but also mature in his conversation with you. So a man shouldn't always be talking about, you know, uh, sports with you all the time. You know, a man shouldn't always be talking about video games. Is it wrong to talk about those things? No, but that shouldn't be the conversation all the time. You know, be mature in your conversation. Then number three, a man should be mature in his attitude. A man should be mature in his conversation. But then number three, a man should be mature in Christ. A man should be mature in Christ. You got to remember, especially for our young ladies here. You got to remember, especially let's say you marry a guy and you have a boy. That boy is going to be an image of him. And so the question becomes, let's say you have three or four boys. Do you want three or four versions of him right now? Think about that for a second. Kind of just, I mean, I know the guy might be fun and all that and stuff, but just think about 
in his maturity, in his attitude, in his conversation, how he treats his family, how he treats himself? Do you want three or four little versions of him? Because you got to think he's the way that he is in Christ is the way that your children are going to be. So if you're, if you, if he's mature in Christ, if he's mature in the word, if he's mature in his attitude, if he's mature in his conversation, guess what he's going to teach his kids to be mature in those things and grow. Now, is he going to be a crazy dad and have fun with them too? Of course he is. But again, you got to understand he has to be mature in these three things. And so young ladies, here's just another quick trap. And I've seen this too in marriages and it's, I can't tell you guys being in ministry and specifically being in youth ministry. I can't tell you just how sad it is to see a mother who was doing the best that she can because of the decisions that she decided to make. Right. So she realizes it was her fault. But it's so sad to see a mother with innocent, beautiful kids who want to know more about Christ. And quite frankly, and this is the sad part about being a youth minister, too. They see you as a father figure, but you can never be the father that they need. You can't be that man. Now, can you be that influence to them? Yes. Can you be that that guide to them? Yes. But you can never be their father. And what they have at home or what they have here at the church, they know they can't get that at home. And she as a woman, she craves that. And as the kids, they crave it, and they know the only place that can get it is in the church. And they know when they go home, it's not there. That's so sad. It's so sad, man. And so quick let's, quick message to our young ladies. When we talk about being mature, a guy that's funny, right, a guy that makes you laugh, right, that's cute for a while. It's cute for a while. It's cute until you need him to be something that he's not. And that's a man. It's it's cute until he's not what you need him to be. He could be jacked. He can be, he can be, you know, he can look like, you know, Captain America. He can look like all, the, but if he's not a man, you're going to be like all these other women and you're going to crave something that you know is not at the house. And the thing about a home I never forget mom told me, she said a home, a home for a man, a home should be his oasis and a home for a woman should be an oasis. So the same thing, the same biblical teaching, the same growth, the same maturity, the same servitude, the same attitude, every single thing that you get here, when you go home, it should already be there. But how sad is it to know that for some families, because of decisions made in the past, that the only way that some families can get a mature person, the only way that some families can get a confident man, the only way that some families can get a great follower to get a, to get a good man for their, for their children is only at church and they know they can't get it at home. It's sad. And you can see it. I can't describe it, but you can kind of, you can see it in those ladies' eyes when they're talking to you. They're tired. Like you can see them overwhelmed and tired. And you can see that every week is a struggle. Every day is a struggle. And 
and they work hard and they worship and they teach their kids and they do everything that they can, but they need that man to lead and they don't have it. It's so sad, man. And so for our young guys, I'm telling you, the pain, keep our women away from that pain. I'm telling you, let's, let's, let's be men and let's keep our women away from that pain because they don't deserve that. Our young ladies, they deserve a man, not just a dude that looks like a man physically. Forget that guy. They deserve a man in the home that they know that they can trust. They have a good attitude and that will teach their children. They deserve that. And when a young woman doesn't have it, you can tell it's a weight on them. So let's be the men that God called us to be. And let's take that weight that's ours and let's lead so they don't have to take it. That's our responsibility, not hers. That's ours. And so young ladies, do you want that type of man? I hope you do. But let me tell you something. You're not going to find him everywhere. And so he's rare. So guys, I hope we can be this type of guy. And then young ladies, I hope uh, you want that type of guy in your life. Such a great study. I love studying this. Um, Again, we'll be back next week, Lord willing. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. Continue to like and share. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.